0: Hey, good morning. It's Tuesday, October 19th. If you're listening to this live, if you're joining us later on the podcast, my goodness, I'm so glad you're here to celebrate National Seafood Bisque Day. Kelly Collis, how are you?
1: Ooh, I do like a good bisque. That sounds delicious. The weather has changed. I love it.
0: I feel like early in the morning, though, as we're recording this, the bisque Mm -hmm. thing, I was like, "Hmm, maybe we should wait a little bit on the bisque.
1: (laughs) Plan for lunch.
0: Live broadcasting around the beltway and beyond it's tommy and kelly made in dc on the real fun dc channel and on demand anytime anywhere you get your podcast. so we didn't record a show yesterday and yesterday it broke early in the morning that general colin powell had passed away from complications due to covid he also had blood cancer and parkinson's disease and he was 84 total shock
1: yeah, I think, uh, yes. And, and I think while he was sort of like a national or international figure, I think being in DC, everyone sort of has like a moment with him because he was so active in, um, the greater DC community. Of course, this is where he, um, lived for a long time, raised his family. And, uh, it's just incredible though to hear these great stories on social media about how he interacted with humans and all accounts point to he was an incredible, generous, kind, lived up to his reputation of um, serving others before himself. An incredible man.
0: I forgot about the story that um, I saw on TV yesterday. Where Remember, like a few years ago, this guy was stranded on the side of the road on the beltway and Colin Powell pulled up and <laughs> fixed his car, helped him like fix his tire and get him back on the road.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they didn't realize that he didn't realize it was Colin Powell right away. And then yeah. it turns out he was a veteran as well. Uh, obviously, Colin Powell is, was and um, they became friends. Mm-hmm. afterwards they like
0: hung out it's a remarkable story have you ever i mean did you everyone's kind of like sharing their stories have you ever interacted with him cal or has he ever been in your way yes i mean
1: when i was um active in politics in virginia where he lived in mclean virginia um got to meet him several times and it it, it got to such a point where like he was always there right like so it wasn't <laughs> like a no- it wasn't a novelty because he, he was he was active um you know, in in his own way in, in politics uh, in Virginia. So it was, um, he was always such a gracious man and got to meet his wife and, um, you know, he, he was an incredible man. I mean, I know that um, everyone has that little, little story, that little nugget, even if you didn't meet him, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was just, he was one of the good ones, as they say. 100%.
0: He was on the red carpet once at the Kennedy Center, I think for the honors. And he comes up and I was like, sir, do you prefer secretary or general? And he gave me this like half smile and he's like, I'll always be a general. (laughs) And I was like, aye, aye, sir.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Aye, aye, sir. sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. (laughs) But he was the kind of person that like had just like that, like gravitas about him. Mm hmm. And you yeah. I didn't hear about um his thirteen rules. You oh, posted yeah, this on your Facebook page. It was so cool, Cal. Where did you find it?
1: Um well so we it's in this book as the the thirteen rules that uh to live by. And it I feel like they're I posted up on my Facebook. I feel like it's those things that like your grandpa or grandma would say, They're really basic rules that we all kind of know, but to be reminded of them, um it, it's it's kind of nice to hear it as his legacy continues. But um some of my favorites. Get mad, then get over it. Mm-hmm. It can be done. Share credit. Remain calm and be kind. I mean, these are all things that we sometimes need a reminder of. Have a vision, but be demanding. Um, don't take counsel of your fears or naysayers. Which I—that's always like a reminder that you, you know, listen to your listen to your gut. Um, and it's just be careful what you choose. You may get it. Right, like these are all things that we know, but when you see them in a list like this, and and to kind of review them, and and it, it can kind of recenter and rebalance, rebalance you.
0: It ain't as bad as you think. It'll look better in the morning. I like that one too.
1: Right. That's number. That's rule number one. Yeah. So, and for that guy who actually went right. through, like, I mean, one who's a veteran, but also was on the forefront of some major national decisions. That's pretty incredible to hear him say that.
0: Yeah, totally. And so it makes whatever you're going through today seem (laughs) manageable, (laughs) manageable to say the least.
1: Totally, totally.
0: I'm not sure, though, Metro is going to look better in the morning. Have you been keeping track of this, oh, my God, my goodness situation that they've got going on?
1: Yes. And one thing that I did learn, other than it was a disaster, I had no idea that a train could derail and then rail back again. I didn't either. Look at that. I didn't know that was, I thought once it was off the rails, it was off the rails. But hey, that's a pretty magical train. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell?
0: Oh my gosh. And so when the NTSB lady was like, this could have been a catastrophic thing. (laughs) I feel like the NTSB lady doesn't use the term catastrophic that often.
1: right you gotta be careful with that word
0: (laughs) especially in the could have been but they found that um the 7000 series trains a bunch of them were out of compliance um with specifications for the wheel and axle assembly which of the i'm no conductor (laughs) but of the parts of the train i feel like those are pretty important parts of the train for sure and i didn't realize that kawasaki made the trains i think of kawasaki as like motorcycles and such but apparently they have
1: A PR problem? Non compliant <laughs> axles and wheels as well.
0: Yes. And then they're yeah. like, who, like, what other cities have these trains that they're now looking at? Like, who else could possibly have these 7,000 series trains? Oh my goodness.
1: Why aren't we hearing? I guess no one was on the train when it derailed three times before it finally then derailed permanently. But like, was anyone on the train where you're like, it derailed. I feel like you would feel that, and then went back on the tracks. Yeah, I, it did I, so, that three times.
0: <laughs> I thought there were people on that train, or there weren't.
1: There, there were. I'm just wondering if there was anyone that was on it the full three times oh, because right. it, it it. I think it was uh, started way down on the on the Maryland side
0: mm-hmm.
1: before and before it, it finally derailed permanently over on the Virginia side. So, was there anyone that like experienced this, or once you feel it like derail and go back in the rails, are you like I'm out on the next stop.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I I feel like I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get a scooter. That's fine. (laughs) I'm going to make this happen. I don't care that I got to lock it to a a trash can or whatever anymore. I'm I'm good on the scooter. I'll take a scooter. I want to
1: know those stories. Like, can you imagine being on a train and it goes side and it goes back on?
0: No. And I'm a big train person. I love Amtrak Metro. I don't understand. I mean, I understand. I, I used it for years. I haven't had to use it since the pandemic started because I've been like living in my little you know bubble around my neighborhood. But oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. talk about just to how they were just trying to get people to go back on the trains. I know. And then they didn't.
1: And also, I feel sorry for the people that like, I mean, I, I, apparently the delays are going to continue for some mm-hmm. time. But you know that feeling when you're like at the top of the elevator or the escalator or right before you get in and you can hear the train coming, but there's just no – there's a smidgen of possibility you might make it if all signs are pointing in your direction as far (laughs) as like getting through the turnstile, making sure no one's in your way, you're not pushing over any children or old people, and you make it in. But with 30 minute delays, like that hurts even more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you yes. always, you always got to sprint because they never, the doors never open and then close and they leave. The doors always are paused. So you got to, you yeah. got to make that sprint happen. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like yeah. DuPont, which you're never going to make it down that, unless you slide no. down the rail, which you're not allowed to do. No. Um, no. That's why the bumps are there. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you painting that picture, it was, it's such a psychological thing. Cause I remember like you, 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 We've all heard that sound when you're on the escalator. You're like, move, tourist! Get to the side. I have to get to my train.
1: Right. And you only had to wait a couple of minutes for the next one. But now your you have card to doesn't
0: work. You're like, it's not scanning through my wallet. Let me in.
1: Yes, totally. It's the worst.
0: Have you ever had your, your card not scanned or maybe you accidentally, like, drafted in on somebody? No. Oh, I had that happen to me before where you, like, accidentally, like, I was a lot of people going in and I thought my thing scanned, but it didn't. So I actually ended up like sneaking in behind the person in front of me.
1: Yeah. and Doesn't that mess you up on the other end?
0: It does. And the station manager was like, looked at me like I was like running some giant conspiracy network. And I'm like, I, I you guys have got bigger problems. Can you please just <laughs> let me out or can I pay or something like, let's go. Like, come on. <laughs> right. I promise you. I'm not, I'm not trying to stiff Metro on 4:35. i Can I, can we please move this along? man and you know what's interesting too so i had a i have a meeting later on today that was supposed to be a coffee and the person i'm meeting with was like uh because of metro i don't know that i can make it in today and i'm like are we we can zoom that's fine but is that really what's going on or are you being really creative because either way i appreciate it
1: that's the new excuse
0: you i'm just saying you should put that out there right like if you're not wanting to go somewhere today, I'd be like, oh gosh, Metro delays. Mm, metro. I mean,
1: so we, we'll add that to the list. Cause even now, if you say, mm, I sneezed a couple of times this morning, I, you know, I don't think I should come in. Have or, you, um, you know, my neighbor has COVID or I don't know.
0: Have you used the sneeze thing, Kelly, to get out of a in-person obligation you don't want to do?
1: Um, no, not yet. Not yet. I mean, cause I, I, I got two kids. I mean, they're the ultimate excuse.
0: Yeah, Neither. I've definitely not done that either. <laughs>
1: yeah, you have.
0: No, so I haven't, but I've thought about it. But if you do it, then I'm like, do I have to show that person a negative test at some point? Like what do I like what do I have to do then, right? Like if you're canceling things cuz you sneezed, do you then have to go get a test and then like what's the responsible thing to do so I I've been a good little boy scout and just said I've been nauseous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that could be a sign of covid too. I think that's on the list.
0: <laughs> I fake the stomach bug. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I had some bad sushi. I don't know. But I, I, haven't, I, haven't pl- I haven't been the boy who cried COVID just yet.
1: Okay. All right. Well, then so I'd a breakthrough a infection,
0: thing. too, because I'm vaccinated. And so that would have all these other questions. So yes. I'm like, it just feels like you should just go take the meeting if you made the meeting happen. Um, over the weekend, I had something happen to me that has rarely ever happened in my career, Kelly. Someone was like, is there an MC available in an emergency situation? Never happens in my line of work. No one's ever like, is there an MC on the plane? Never, ever happens. Ever happens.
1: But and you got, finally got your calling?
0: Totally. I got tapped in um, over the weekend to uh, host a Q&A for a documentary with Nat Geo called The Rescue, which I honestly wasn't aware of. The documentary filmmaker, Chai Vassarelli, was in town for a Q&A, and they needed someone to do the Q&A, so I went and did it at East Street Cinema. It was amazing, but even more amazing the documentary the rescue it came out like a week and a half ago i just want to flag it for you it is about the thai soccer team that was trapped in the cave in thailand for like 20 days it's amazing because the documentary like only nat geo could right they have the video that has never been seen before by the world that the thai navy seals took when they went
1: in yeah
0: and it all ended up the best possible outcome they got all of these young boys and the coach out of this cave they were a mile and a half in but what i didn't realize and maybe we knew this at the time but it was this like ragtag group of volunteer divers who were the ones who made it all happen the thai navy seals put everything they had into it but only this group of people who do it as a weekend hobby has those skills i was thinking this this has actually got our name all over it couldn't see your hand in front of your face, trying to wriggle through holes that I couldn't wriggle through, finding a bigger space, sliding through, and then repeating again and again.
1: I get claustrophobic so just looking at that. And did they have to, um, with the boys, I remember hearing the time, they didn't they have to drug the boys? Yeah. Because they didn't, it was so tight, and, you know, it's a obviously it's a sort of dramatic escape going underwater in the dark. They didn't want them, like, wiggling around.
0: So it's an hour and 45 minutes. And I sat at my TV watching the screener, just the whole thing, <laughs> yeah, everything about it, was... it. The like world comes together, but yeah. So these these hobbyists, these guys, like the Thai Navy SEALs had not trained oh. to dive in the caves, but these people, it's like for funsies they go cave diving. And yeah. the one guy is like a retired firefighter. The other guy's like an IT consultant. The one guy is like an anesthesiologist in real life, and they um, they brought them all together, and it was these volunteers who had the idea to anesthetize the boys and the coach and bring them out. And they like, obviously the Thai government was like, no, we're not doing that. And they tried every other possible scenario. They tried to like dig in from the top and there was just no way (sighs) to get these boys out. And, um, you know, they went in there saying like, if we save one of them, then that's a, because it, it became clear that like, if they did nothing, they would all die. And so right. they tried this like crazy anesthetize them, tie their hands behind their back and float them out.
1: Can you, I, I, I like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Like I'm getting anxiety just like thinking about that. Right. Totally. <laughs> and aren't totally. they being anesthetized? Like didn't the, one of the doctors had to go down there to help administer it.
0: Yeah. So the guy from, en- the guys from England who became like the ones who helped knew another guy who was a cave diver, who was an anesthesiologist in Australia but oh then, like, gosh. as Chai Vasarely, the director, was telling me, like, the guy who was the um, anesthesiologist from Australia truly risked losing everything, right? Because if you're the doctor who kills 13 kids, you pre- <laughs> oh, people geez. probably don't want to put you under, you don't want you putting them under, you know, when you're back down under in Australia. And so this this story is just un- unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
1: yeah. i mean it's it's like a dream team of divers
0: yeah yeah there was also like this plan too that they had like an escape plan for the for the um divers not from the cave but like from the country should things have gone wrong in the final (laughs) rescue like it was back roads to the embassy situation if they had to it was Mm. unbelievable unbelievable um, but Jonathan said too, it won Best Documentary at last weekend's Middleburg Film Festival, which I, I mean, if that's not accolades enough to give it a watch, I don't know what is, but it's on the Nat Geo wow. platforms. It's so good. It's so good.
1: I don't know. I mean, I know the story. I don't know if I can watch it for the like literally, like right now, I'm in the basement in this little <laughs> studio. Like I'm I'm feeling like claustrophobic. And so just thinking about these divers, like and having a child on their back with the tanks and all oh my gosh.
0: The conversation was incredible too, and she said like <sighs> they they had planned to finish it with like reenactments and such, um. But but they had the actual divers do the reenactments with actors to show <sighs> how they went underwater and everything. But everything that's not an underwater shot is real footage from the Thai Navy. That, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, took a little bit of negotiating to get their hands on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because it's been a while. Yeah. And the
0: Thai Navy SEALs were not like super stoked to be like, yeah, here's all of our stuff. (laughs) Right. But what was interesting about that, too, that she said, and this is not something in the documentary, it's stuff that we learned from from the conversation. The only reason why the Thai Navy SEALs had the video was because the head of the Thai Navy SEALs is married to a, a journalist. And she was like, put a camera on these people. (laughs) and that's how that's how it happened and so as
1: journalists do yep
0: and so she has footage from inside of there too and it was wow wild absolutely wild Hmm. so check it out it's called the rescue it's on all the net geo platforms absolutely worth it and i bring you this i bring you this um educational movie news to come up with some other stupid movie news kelly I um, followed Jonathan Gordon-Levitt, who's just a spectacular actor and great on the internet. And he has this company where he's, like, trying to democratize, democratize, like, content creation where he's like, Hey, does anyone ever want to try voiceover work? Like, click here. It's a cool concept. And so yesterday, he posted the makeup photos from back in the 90s from the original movie It. With Pennywise getting made up. Mm Mm-hmm. And I looked at Pennywise and I was like, wait a minute. Pennywise, the original It clown. Oh, yes. They float, Joyce. They float.
1: Okay, now I'm going to have, like, looking behind <laughs> me. Look, good thing I've got the camera here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tim Curry was also the concierge in Home Alone 2. Yeah. Yes, sir, I was. You was here and you were smooching with my brother. I'm afraid you're mistaken, sir.
1: He was also in the hit movie Clue.
0: Yeah. Where he, he also was-
1: played a butler. <laughs> yes. That's
0: right. That's right. And he plays uh, Dr. Frankenfurter in a rocky horror picture show, too.
1: That's right. Of course.
0: That's... tim curry what a legend
1: what a character actor <laughs> seriously
0: i knew about i knew about clue i knew about the concierge and home alone too and i knew about rocky horror but it holy cow
1: yeah that i didn't i did not realize that and that that video that image down there i don't i just don't like that
0: of it the clown yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. with you with you i I, yeah. I have not and i will not watch the second it nope no interest in no,
1: it no 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 i i hear you
0: let's do some happy halloween news what do
1: you say <laughs> okay let's do it so every year we right we see one of these come out about what candies are popular and what states and what's the most popular well here's the good news that halloween has not been canceled Woo! um we're learning that halloween candy sales are up 48 percent now if the bar was 2020 <laughs> Right, it's pretty low.
0: Or is it <laughs> because everyone got the Pelotons and now they're like, "Screw it, I'm gonna have some Reese's cups."
1: <laughs> probably, probably. Um, but we're learning in, in in our greater area here in Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, what are the most popular candies? In Maryland, Hershey Kisses are the top. Virginia oh. hot tamales, and D.C. is M and M's. But of note. Of DC number two and number three are both lollipops tootsie pop at two, blow pops at three in DC I don't know what that means I think it's a little bizarre but
0: <laughs> I haven't had a blow pop in forever
1: well there you go that should be your Halloween do you have trick-or-treaters ever
0: not really I put a bowl of candy yeah. out in the door I think there's one child in our building oh but that's about as far as it goes and also like so we maybe... live in a not a, like a really there's not a lot of kids in our neighborhood yeah I'm like Jonesing for a blow pop now. The green apple blow pop was the best.
1: Oh, that that is good. Yeah. Well, now's the time. The uh, Halloween candy is everywhere. I bought mine last week, and it's just like dwindling day by day,
0: <laughs> and no one's ahead. owning it. I skipped ahead and I went to the right to peppermint bark. I skipped Halloween completely. I'm like peppermint bark. <laughs> this is where it's at. I told you the okay. frying pan Macy's story, and I'm almost through my first box of peppermint bark. I'm not even sorry about it.
1: Uh, well,
0: okay. will will treadmill for peppermint bark. Not even, sorry. <laughs> okay. There you go. So wait, are you the one who's popping your Easter candy or is it like a my Halloween candy? Your, your, yeah, your Halloween candy. Is it a secretive situation or where is it coming from?
1: I have self-control. I have, but no, no, I will tell you, yes, I've dipped into it, but no one else is like admitted to it. And I know the kids and my husband, cause we, I always get what I like, which I've got to learn to just get stuff I don't like. Like, I don't like Butterfingers, for example. I should have just got like a whole thing of Butterfingers.
0: <laughs> and Whoppers. Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh, I like Whoppers. Of course you would. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're, um we're going to have a lot of trick-or-treaters this year. Our neighborhood's kind of like turned over over the last couple of years. Oh, cool. And it's vet- more festive than ever. So I'm kind of excited for it to see, Where... see the children
0: is your Halloween candy is in front of the nest camera. Like, could you get some good grainy video of people being bad? No,
1: no, it's not. It's, it's, it's right in our walkway where we, no, I, (sighs) I, but I could move it.
0: There you go. But I feel like your family knows what the cameras are. So they would be smart about it.
1: Yes. I do have a camera in the kitchen where the wrappers are ending up in the garbage can.
0: Oh, they're not expecting that at all. That's a great idea. (laughs) No one ever expects when you dispense of the evidence, they always are. Discard the evidence. You always expect where the crime happened. nicely. Good. Good call, Kelly. Totally. Totally. You can run a sting operation. I appreciate it.
1: Um, all right. Another list that came out is a uh, way to go, Maryland. Uh, three new ta- towns or three towns in Maryland were ranked the best places to live in America. Oh. And three of them are like literally considered suburbs of D.C. Which is amazing. Um, fourth, number four in the report is Frederick, Maryland.
0: I believe that. Frederick is um, rocking.
1: Yeah, totally. I, my stepdaughter just bought a house there with her fiancé. So she, she loves it there. Um, Columbia, Maryland.
0: Very nice. Totally.
1: I feel like they're kind of like the OG of towns. Like They've been doing this for a while. They rank number 15.
0: They are actually and, like the original planned town. I, I talked yep. to someone from Columbia about this and they're like, it wasn't Reston, it was us. And I was like, okay, whoa, yep. okay. And Reston's <laughs> like, no, it was us. And I was like, okay, I'm not getting in the middle of Columbia and Reston. You can both have your own thing going on there.
1: Uh, and then uh, Annapolis was 38.
0: Oh, very nice. Yeah.
1: So, um, way to go, Maryland. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you're wondering what the number one most livable, friendly town is, Is Madison, Wisconsin. So far cry from from Maryland.
0: Hey, that's awesome. My cousin owns Hmm. some property there. Good for her. I should let her know that. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe she already does.
1: Yeah, I think she does.
0: Hey, um, I do uh,
1: think Wisconsin, though, is is filled with nice, nice people.
0: Yeah, I think so. I've never been but from what I understand on what I've seen on the television. People in Wisconsin seem lovely. Hardy bunch too, because it becomes 74 degrees below zero in like August and yeah. <laughs> it snows 84 feet. So
1: the one, the one friend I have from there, he loved to, um, drill a hole in a frozen Lake and go diving underneath the ice. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe he was, could have been with the, like the, the Thai Navy.
0: What? what?
1: Yeah. That's like a thing to do in Wisconsin.
0: I thought you were going to say ice fish, which I think is weird enough to begin with.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's a little bit of a daredevil.
0: That's like what Wally Coyote does.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. He says lots of people do that in Wisconsin. I don't know. <laughs>
0: ice diving? Ice? I got to Google yeah, that. Hang on.
1: It's It's my friend Kyle. You know him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What is the level of like, what suit you have to have.
1: I, I don't know, but also I see now we can't talk about it again because I'm going to start getting claustrophobic, but like never mind the cold, but like you're diving through ice. You have to make sure that the hole doesn't get frozen on the way back up. Right. You have to have somebody and you have to know where you're going. Right. Because you can't just pop up anywhere.
0: Yeah. It's not just like a like a jump in entry, situation. They go under entry. In, yeah. Holy so. cow.
1: I don't know how we got here. We we're talking about friendly towns. He is a very friendly guy, but yes.
0: He's a lovely guy. I just, what I know. I can't believe they allow that. Like, that's, all, I think that's <laughs> a thing that's allowed to happen. Because that would probably be the way that Wisconsin loses the most tourists.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe people travel there to go do it. I don't know. Not
0: because they, like, cheese themselves to death. It's because they lost them in the frozen <laughs> lake. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, no, I, total I, off topic kelly like the the words you said I know all those words just not in that order. I've never i <laughs> I can't believe people would do that.
1: I know, I know
0: does he have photos of his ice lake diving I,
1: I don't know this was in his younger right. day.' You've He's got a my contemporary assignment. okay <laughs> Simon Kelly okay,
0: my God, it's like the the best comedian on the planet, Kathleen Madigan, she has a whole bit about how in Missouri, people go like hand fishing for uh catfish. Mm. There's a name for it where they stick their arm in a catfish hole and they wait till the catfish clamps onto their arm and then they pull the catfish out with their arm.
1: It seems a very efficient way of doing it.
0: And there was like a whole back and forth about like them trying to ban it, but then the catfish armhole fisher people were like, You can't take <laughs> away my armhole fishing rights. And then there was a whole thing that happened. Um but Kathleen Madigan was saying that like Catfish are getting bigger nowadays, and sometimes the person sticks their hand in the hole and they don't come out because the catfish oh. pulls them underwater. Wow! They ninety pound catfish, so just okay. I don't know how we got here today, but that's
1: <laughs> but here we
0: are. If you've chosen to listen to this or watch this, you've you know what's you've, this is not new to you.
1: Um, I, yeah, I don't know how we transition to to Adele. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um, were you, you out and about? Out,
0: Adele will also rip it off, so just be careful.
1: Oh, I hope not. Were you out and about this weekend and did you feel like you heard like every other car or person walking was listening to Adele's new song? Yes. It was just everywhere. Yes, yes. <laughs> we couldn't get enough. Um, so now we're learning, and this has been rumored for a while, that there was going to be some sort of big American TV interview television event. And, of course, who is it? Where is it going to be? None other than Oprah Winfrey sits down for two hours with Adele on, of course, her best friend's network, CBS.
0: I don't know why we didn't think of that.
1: (laughs) Right. I mean. How do you follow Megan
0: and Adele.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, and why would it be any other network or any other interviewer? Yeah. That's I don't know why we didn't check that off our bingo card. (laughs) (laughs) How is Adele promoting her album? Oprah. So she's going to open up about her divorce and raising her son and, you know, all the things. But we have to wait. It's not until November. Let's see. November. What's the exact date? November 14th.
0: Oh, right in the middle of sweeps. You don't say.
1: I know. Isn't that interesting how they do that?
0: Must be coincidental. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. I thought the Meghan and Harry interview was awesome. So, you know, you know, Oprah's going to break some news on it, too.
1: Oh, 1,000%. And we're going to start getting nuggets, right? Like about a week mm-hmm. before, like Adele opens up about this. But wait till you hear this. <laughs> I mean, yep. we're going to start getting the little pieces.
0: <laughs> Turns out she has seven toes on one foot. What? I have no <laughs> idea. I'm, I'm kidding. That was a speculation. I'm not. Yes. No one's ever said Adele has seven toes. No. No. Man. That Oprah. Stuff. Someday she's going to make it.
1: I know, right? Get also, her big John- break.
0: Jonathan, I want to say thank you. It's called Catfish Noodling is what it's called. Oh. So, Kelly, um, go ahead and Google that later on today. <laughs> okay. All right. You want to totally mess with your Facebook algorithm? Go ahead and Google <laughs> Catfish Noodling. <laughs> also, um, gaming. E-gaming, esports, Video games are here to stay. They're a very popular thing. Lots of people love them. Lots of folks spend a lot of time on them, whether it's like racing cars or conquering mystical worlds or shooting stuff. There's a new video game that I saw this article in The Washingtonian. I don't know how mass appeal it's going to be, but it's well thought out. There's strategy games, right? Like Oregon Trail, all kinds of strategy games out there. There's a new strategy game that's coming out based on politics, where you can be like an avatar of a politician and go through the process You Use to- the game's negotiation system to cut back from deals. Chart a campaign strategy using real-world data and raise your profile by leveraging the media. And just who is trying to ruin video
1: games with real-world politics? According to something we read on the internet, it's political journalist, humorist, and all-around nerd Elliot Nelson, who has a giant head. <laughs>
0: size up your friends and foes analyze each politician's strengths and weaknesses their personalities and the needs of their districts identify who can aid your career and And just who is helping elliot
1: nelson other nerds video game nerds who worked at disney interactive nerds who worked at midway games and nerds who worked at lucasfilm can we trust our politics to people who know so much I think it's brilliant. It reminds me. My, so my son doesn't do a lot of the imaginary ones. He does like NHL and NFL, mm-hmm. where you kind of like, you know, it's sort of the same type of strategy, right? Like you, you, you pick your team, and you, you know, I don't know. It's based. It's based on reality, right? Because they're real players. So this is like a, a version of that, right?
0: Yeah. You pick I pick your don't...
1: district. You pick your candidate.
0: I'm not sure if like you. Are playing against the computer or if like you're I don't know like the senator from washington d c and then right. you um like other people play other characters or like if you get a five hundred and thirty five people in the game or if you're against the computer or maybe someday there will be like a whole world where you get to have all those other Wait. humans in different positions and then people yeah you
1: could yeah. play against each other right mm-hmm. like interactive that's that's so cool.
0: Political Arena is the name of the game.
1: It's, okay, where? what console do we know?
0: Um, C-SPAN. No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I C-SPAN just saw, now has its own channel. Yeah, it's on C-SPAN+. Plus. It's a brand new streaming service. No, um, <laughs> I uh, literally just saw it this morning. So I'm going to reach out to the Elliot Nelson dude, the reporter, and um, get some more details on this. Hopefully he'll come join us on the show because I got a thousand questions about the game. That's amazing. And also It's very maybe- Washington- it's so Washington, right? So I wonder if like people outside of Washington and politics will play, but good for them. You know what? A, what an interesting idea. And clearly, they put a lot of thought into it because it's like, boom, you're in the breaking news newsletter today. Do you want to hold a press conference or a TV interview? You to, like, click what you want to do. Do you want to <laughs> oh, write an yes. op-ed? And on it, um, the screenshot that Washingtonian has it shows like, you, okay, you're elected. Now you toggle. Do you spend your time fundraising or seeing your constituents or mm-hmm. like negotiating and you have to like set your parameters and stuff. A lot of thought, a lot of thought went into this. That's very cool. So hopefully we can get a chance to chat with him and, and learn more about the game political arena. And if you uh, want to catch up on any of our past shows, I believe this was the first time we've discussed catfish noodling, but I could be wrong. <laughs> it's all in the archives. And if you go back, Please give us five stars, like and share and subscribe to our podcast.
1: I love it. We'll see you next time.